1: This is For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby, and alongside me in For Fox Sake HQ on episode 90, 10 more to go, 10 more. Um, 10 more to the big century. The problem is, you haven't introduced me yet. No, uh, it's Rob. Anyway, what. Um, uh, <laughs> What are we are going to have to do? We're going to have to do something for the century.
0: I know. We did a live episode on the 50th uh, on... Uh, we did. ...Harbor FM. Absolutely loved it. I did as well, actually. We was... kind of intertwined it with this show, didn't we? Mm. Um, we took over. Yeah, but we were invited to take over. We so were. We, did, we went live for our 50th, <laughs> so maybe we'll have to go one bigger and better on that 100th. Maybe we'll have to do something like
1: Facebook Live. I think I've always wanted to do one live in a in like a pub. So, like, there's people there who could maybe contribute as well. Um, hmm. But it's bad enough that people listen to me and you,
0: on sat in for Fox AK HQ. Do you really think people are going to come and sit around a table and
1: want to listen to us jabber on and then interject? Or what we could do is we could do one from a pub and um, we could basically record ten minutes then wait an hour, and then record the next 10 minutes, then wait another hour. What, so we get different contributors? No, so basically by the time we finish, <laughs> we're hammered. <laughs> I, I like the first idea. Do you but like? I, I like that idea. I like that idea. Anyway. Who knows? We come out with some rubbish when we've not had a drink. <laughs> well, there we go. That's why we shouldn't be having a drink, because it might mean that the final 10 minutes is really precise educated, it well be, thought it out. It wouldn't be any of them things. <clears throat> it wouldn't be. We've got lots to get through today. Um, we're going to go through the season, not game by game. Um, we're going to go through all the play. So basically the idea is we're going to go through the season, talk about the highs and lows, and I've asked for people on Twitter to get uh, tell us theirs, and they've done that. Uh, quite a few, actually. Um, and then we're going to go through the squad and decide who's going to leave and go, who we would like to maybe come in, thoughts overall on, on what is what. Um, We should really start with the up-term in form the last two games of the season in terms of attacking sense. It was a bit of a game against Arsenal in terms of them going down to 10 men. A really good atmosphere, good game, plenty of chances, goals, looking like the Leicester of old. But the obvious question was, where's this come from? Is it from the manager? We spoke a lot about Claude Puel um, so we're, not, we're actually really not going to mention Claude an oh awful no, lot in we did, himself.
0: We, we did a big, uh,
1: big yeah. one on that, didn't we? And People
0: we, know our stance. I don't think it's changed an awful lot. No,
1: me? we can go round and round in circles with Claude. But a good game. And then obviously Spurs was just nuts. Um, Vardy on fire, Mares. We'll mention Robert Huth because he's obviously going to leave the club at the end of the season. We won't mention any of the players in depth. Um, who possibly might go in terms of looking back on their time at Leicester? That's for something during the summer. So, for example, if Mares does go in the summer, we'll obviously have an episode pretty much dedicated to Mares, go over his highlights and everyone's thoughts about him, and, and you know that that will happen for many players involved in the 2015-16 squad. But we'll concentrate on Robert Huth only
0: today, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. in terms of that that kind of content we will talk about every player and give them some kind of
1: rating yeah exactly so we'll start with the season then as a whole and and we'll, we'll look at some of the highs and some of the lows so the 50th season it was in English top flight for Leicester good one didn't know D- that didn't know that, I didn't know that no it was um, now I've wrote down some highlights I've actually got some notes and so have you I have but uh, I've only wrote written my favourite moment and my favourite performance Okay, well, the highlights I've got down, because we'll start with, um, actually no, we'll start with the low lights. So obviously at home when you're listening to this, you'll you'll have your own and hopefully this might trigger one or two. And when we talk about individual players, if they match up to you, fantastic. If they don't, then let us know. Um, Okay, we'll start with the lows. Now, I've written down a few here. The fact that Shakespeare didn't work out, it seems a long time ago that yeah, Shakespeare was in charge. I not believe that was still this season. It really does. And it's a shame it doesn't work out. And, and also today, Sam Allardyce has been let go by Everton, expected as well. So what does that mean for Shakespeare? Obviously, he's friends with Allardyce and he's very highly thought of. I'm not saying he's going to return to Leicester, but... Could go off to Belgium and work with his mate Nigel. It's Yeah, he's in a bit of limbo, really. I don't think he's um, short of a penny or two after leaving Leicester. But it was a shame it didn't work out. Um, they weren't playing very well at all. Um, they were struggling. Whether it was because of Shakespeare or not, I don't know. It's, it, it's We said at the time, the owners really had to give him the job because of yeah, what was, he did. There was in no the other option, was there, really?
0: No. It, yeah, It. it would have been nice if it had worked out. It would have been. Uh, yeah. Like you say, it's a, it's a long time ago. It's almost
1: a forgotten era because it was fairly short under under Shakespeare. Yeah, it was. And um, it, it didn't last long, but obviously then they got clawed in. Um, another that had the desired
0: effect, didn't it? It had the oh, it instant did. new manager bounce, which nine times out of ten you get with most clubs. Uh, so the initial effect was good. And everyone, again, once, once again applauded the owners and said, look, they know what they're doing. Let's always trust them. Um, because ultimately, every decision they've made has been in the best interests of the club, medium and long term, and usually short term. But and it, it was unusually short term under Clubwell. Yeah, Before it started, the bounce disappeared.
1: Although it was one of them where it was always really going to happen, and it did, and I think everyone kind of went, okay, fair enough. Along the same lines of Ranieri, in a way, a bit bit less dramatic than with Ranieri even though I think true Leicester fans obviously wanted him to leave but knew it was time for a change with him because we were going down Mm. it was only people from outside of the club who didn't realise and didn't know um, who thought it was the worst thing since you know Bambi's man was shot (laughs) (laughs) you've never sounded
0: so Leicester Bambi's man well, it was though, wasn't it? If you go, if you remember
1: back, it was what by... to when Bambi's mum was shot. No, no, from when <laughs> Ranieri was sacked. How could you possibly do that? It doesn't matter whether you go down or not. Oh, of course it does. Well, yeah, of course it does. does. I mean, in in certain ways, if you're a fan of if you're a fan of West Brom, okay, I would be. I would turn around and go. Don't worry about it. Enjoy the championship. Have a bit of a laugh. Look at all the people on the pitch at Villa. Oh, by the way, did you watch that yesterday? No. Um. One great line from that was, at the end of the game, all the villa fans or a lot of villa fans ran on the on the pitch, and they went back to Paul Merson in the studio, and former villa, obviously, and he was talking about the fans, and uh, he says, "Oh, yeah, brilliant fans, very loyal, brilliant fans." as the camera panned onto to the halt end, who were singing very loudly, "Where were you when we were rubbish, essentially?" To their own fans on the pitch, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was brilliant. The timing was fantastic. Anyway, we di- we digress. We digress. Um, carrying on with the lows. Um, I put down Iniacho. Yeah, because it was we were full of excitement. Really, a twenty-five million pound centre forward is always going to be exciting, but a guy that we knew more than Slomani, a young person who. Looks the business in the 15 minutes against Brucey and Monkenbladvatch and at home in the pre-season friendly. Um, here we go. This What a great signing. A, a lot of media were talking about him being the signing of the summer as well. And it just hasn't worked. Injuries. Yet. 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 Injuries. Um, changing position, you have to say. From a person who we all just thought was a number nine goal poacher has been asked to play a, a number 10 role. So we'll see how it works out, but you have to say it's been disappointing. Yes, he'd scored that great goal and played well in the last two games, so we, we shall see. You never know, the World Cup might be the making of him. I actually heard him, um, I saw this programme on Sky uh, yesterday, and they were profiling different teams in terms of talking to one player and um, for 15 minutes. And Iniacho was the one from Nigeria. And he actually comes across, because I don't think I've ever heard him talk, comes across very well, quite an intelligent lad. I can't recall ever hearing an interview with him properly. Comes across as a very grounded, intelligent lad. Um, So hopefully it's just a matter of time and he will develop into this player that we hope. And uh, hopefully that, you know, he kicks on. Um, Obviously, Silver and 14 minutes. In terms of the transfer, again, a player who has played well in the last couple of games and I think will turn into a decent player for us but the whole transfer saga. I mean, what is that? It was a joke, wasn't it?
0: It it dragged the name of Leicester City through the mud. In terms of we say that the owners are doing everything right uh, in every aspect of the club, but rightly or wrongly, it was it was Leicester that missed the deadline.
1: So it made us look like fault. And I don't think it will come out in the wash through legal issues of what actually happened, but this will be something mentioned in twenty years time if there is a transfer window still. Oh, remember that for fourteen seconds. Unless something else really weird happens, but I think this is a stayer. Do you mm. know what I mean? This this will not haunt Leicester, but it will be associated with the club for a, a long time. And it was disappointed, and you never know that could have been. You know, if we did get him in time, who knows? Who knows what what it would made happen. things difficult for him and for us because
0: I think Leicester had planned to. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say build the team around him because I don't think Leicester could ever be a one-player team, but they plan to have the cultured football of Ibora and Silva in the centre of midfield. Yes. Uh, your argument is if they planned for it, why would they save it till the last day? But you know you don't want to know what happens with all the intricacies of, of football transfers these days. There's so many parties to keep happy, but it was disappointing because Leicester couldn't use a player that they'd spent a lot of money on, uh, and it was very disappointing for Silva because... Although you could say, yeah, he had all this time to train with his teammates and get involved, uh, get integrated with the squad, which the same, is true. Is. It's just not the same as being out there in front of 30,000 people grafting with your teammates. You can go into training every day and you, know, you could be a squad player like Ben Loan. He, he doesn't get uh, ever feature on the pitch. It's no
1: good to him. And it's only now, when you're looking back at the season, you made me mainly realise that it, it could have been the downfall of, of Shakespeare. It's absolutely not his fault. Um, I presume. So is that is that the reason why he's gone? You know, in the end of the day, that could be one of it. It's, it's when you do look back on a season, you look at these patterns and you have to say, it probably was a contributing factor to it because of Leicester not having him in the side and maybe, well, we'll never know. But uh, anyway, we'll carry on. Uh, quarter of the cup, I've put under the low because we should have got to at least one of those semi-finals. I, I'm talking mainly the Man City one. Because when the likelihood of the Man City side came through, and then when it actually did come through, if Leicester played anywhere near a first team, really, or if they did play the first team, they would have gone through again. They surely would have had a really good chance of going through against that Man City side. And to lose on penalties at home against Man City and Chelsea in the two cup quarterfinals, you look at and go. End of the day, the season is, and I I called it halfway through, it's going to be the season of what if. And that is what you label this season under what if. Yeah, we said seventh
0: or eighth, and a cup semi or a cup final, and we'd be happy. We we ended up with ninth and a cup
1: and two cup quarters. It's the case of what if. It was exactly that, wasn't it? And I think the Man City won. The Chelsea game, I never thought at one point they were going to win, but they did take them two penalties, and Chelsea are a well ran cup team if you know what I mean they can raise themselves for that one-off game we'll find out in a week's time as well but they're a very good cup side and so I don't think there's any shame in losing that game on penalties it was frustrating because of what happened against Man City but again it's just slightly disappointing even though when you look at the stats when you look at it written down on paper it doesn't look that bad but in real life it's the Man City one was a low the drop off to seventh again uh, or from seventh would be along the same lines and we mentioned it before it was there for the taking proof in the pudding in the last couple of games especially the Arsenal game if we just picked up a few more points surely we would have really put so much pressure on um, uh, who are they? Burnley, Burnley. that day. <laughs> that's what most people in the
0: Europa League will be asking next season who are they? yeah exactly but It was there for the taking.
1: Yeah, it wasn't
0: like we got towards the sort of final third of the season and had nothing to play for. We would got safe very early, made sure that we were well out of any trouble and were very much in the hunt for seven. There wasn't an outside chance. We were very much in the hunt. We were within touching distance of Burnley. So I think that's what makes the lack of form in the last 10 to 12, 15 games so much more disappointing is it the fact that they had something to play for. The the chance to qualify for Europe was a very, very much a reality. And for whatever reason it just didn't come together. And to drop off not even and
1: not even finish eighth was even worse. Yeah, and it obviously goes down as a big black mark next to Claude Powell. Because Everton have been binned off their manager for finishing a, eighth. And a squad of players who have when they've targeted something They've gone for it. And when they've targeted the league, when they've got in the position of winning the league, they've gone and done it. When they've targeted Europe, they've gone and done brilliantly. Um, when they've had the opportunity to go, right, we, we've, we're we targeting Burnley. Okay, just put Burnley up on the wall in the change rooms all over the place. Yeah, that's our target. And yet he couldn't motivate them. And that's one of the arguments against Claude Well, It was very disappointing. Um, you have to say the performances recently have been very disappointing, culminating in that 5-0 which will go down as one of the worst Leicester performances in Premier League history. That's on my worst moment of the season. Uh, worst
0: result slash match slash moment. I've, slash 90 moments.
1: I would say um, it has to be... I'm not going to say it's the worst moment. Okay, you, You've you got it down as your worst moment. Well, my worst performance. I've got no, my, I've got my best
0: result slash performance. I've got my worst result
1: slash performance. Oh, okay. Worst performance by a million miles. Definitely. But not my worst moment what is your worst one out of all of that then my or have you got one more up your sleeve you, no, no, mi- no. you miserable miserable man no no <laughs> my worst moment my worst moment and this this is going to prove how not mis- unmiserable i am because we are a forward thinking podcast and we are positive my um my worst moment it was a disappointing one and it was when shakespeare was sacked because of what's happened previously his association with the club for a long time uh, not in the capacity of a manager, but from behind the scenes, which meant that he had to leave because he wasn't going to drop back into an assistant manager's role. It was just a, a shame all round and it was a big disappointment. It had to happen and it was the right decision for it to take place. And we can argue until the Cows come home about the, the manager who took over afterwards, but that was just a disappointing day, half a day, until you were then looking forward because football moves so fast and two. Who is the next manager? That for me was the most disappointing thing because the Palace results, it was just on the cards. Mm. Um, that would be my single most disappointing moment even though it had to happen. You, that's nothing has
0: to happen. You You look quite sad about that.
1: I am very sad. And the last one on my list is the booing. Um, which is understandable for the performances later on in the season. Um And I understand that it's slightly tongue-in-cheek with many fans as well. But sometimes, especially at half-time, to boo at half-time is a bit... Hang on. Especially when you're going to be shooting towards the cop in the second half. Yes, it might be a bit dull in the first half, but at least give them another 45 minutes. I remember when we played Bournemouth and we didn't play better against Bournemouth than any of the performances afterwards. And just because Mare scored that... Brilliant free kick and injury time to draw. There was no booze, yeah. and I'm thinking, hang on, we've played better than that and been booed off at half time. I would just like a little bit of reality. To I know a lot of it is tongue in cheek because because it is, but that's just a little bit of a. Lo- it's crept into the fan base at Leicester. Um, yeah, and it's not what we expect. Look, look at the Great Escape
0: season. Anytime we went behind, massive cheers. Uh, look at the Premier League winning season. There was, Even if there was any tension with the fans, they kept it to themselves and just made sure that they were in full voice. And we were sat there in the commentary box during the Premier League winning season, sitting there just going, oh, this is another tight one 0 mm. And at no point did the fans let that come across. They were just full voice behind the team. Exactly. Just because we're now not battling at the bottom
1: or the top, we're in the middle. It's crept in. It, it has crept Yeah, and it's just... It didn't happen against, against Arsenal when they scored... There was an audible cheer and round of applause, and come on, Leicester! Yeah, because of the performance, and and that's what fans will argue. They'll say, "Look, if you give us a performance, we'll cheer." You. We'll, uh, yeah, that's, encouragement from the players. That's fine, but we'll encourage the fans. Half time, half time, booze for me. M- mainly half time. This is half time, booze. Nah. nah, 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 nah. For me, even if you're drawing at half time, even if it's the most turgid half of football you've seen, you've still got another forty five minutes to go, and then you can boo. That's fine. But for me at halftime booze, nah, don't like it. Halftime booze, with a Z. <laughs> now nah, nah, you're talking. B-O-O-Z-E, by all means. Now, on highlights. <laughs> booze and highlights. Anyway, um, I've got three players listed down. I've got um, Harry Maguire, mm-hmm. I've got uh, Hamza Chowdhury, mm-hmm. and I've got uh, For F- F- Moose, What's his name? Froseni. Froseni um Maguire is obvious. Because he won player's player and player of the season. Yeah, and we'll talk about Maguire. England squad, along with Vardy. Um, Fantastic news. And we'll talk about him later on when it comes to looking forward. Uh, And we won't do a massive look forward because... We've got the whole summer to do that. We've got the whole (laughs) summer to do that. Um, Chowdhury, I've been really encouraged with his performances. And the style of the footballer that we've noticed for the last few years was always going to be someone who would be... Not make it, but be have an impact straight away. Yeah, because of the play, the place he plays it. He's a proper lung
0: busting central midfielder as well, and he gets himself about, puts himself about, equally comfortable in a challenge as he is dropping deep between the centre backs to pick up the ball. Been very
1: impressed with him so far. it would be it's... difficult for him to nail down a spot in the team, oh, and, we'll, and whether he stays at the club for his whole, you know for the next three or four years, we'll wait and see. But I think he puts a question mark
0: over the future of either or both of Matty James and Andy King. massive Because massively. a player at his level already, looking so comfortable in the first team, provides you with a very good squad option rather than an ageing Welsh international midfielder, late 20s now, Andy King. I'm not saying get rid of him whatsoever. Wages. Wages as well. Um, Chowdhury's a local lad. He is... More of an all rounder in terms of the the things that he does well than King or James. Is it Barrow? Uh, Mount from Loughborough, way yeah, Mount
1: Sorrel, Some, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere around in, there, back into Loughborough.
0: Yeah, um, he offers. I think he's got more in his locker than Andy King and Matty James.
1: Yes, I I agree, and um, and if them two go, I, I I would be surprised if both are still at the club at the start of next year. But we'll come on to that. Um, Andy Abate. Full of tricks. Hopefully he can develop into a Mahrez type player but you have to be very... That, that control he did the other day. Oh. That, I mean, what is that? That was silly. What is that? I mean, That shows you. Uh, if you haven't seen it, type in Diabate control or Diabate trick. Which game was it? I can't remember. It was at home. We were both there. You weren't there at the
0: Arsenal game, were you? Was it... Um, One before that.
1: No, I... Was it Arsenal?
0: Anyway... <laughs> type it in and um, my memories but are fantastic the skill yeah. is ridiculous 70-80 yard cross field ball lofted high all he needs to do is trap it on his thigh or the inside of his foot or whatever and he just kind of jumps in the air brings his left foot behind his right foot behind his right leg
1: and, and controls it at about thigh height it is It's silly. So uh, an exciting signing and we'll see how he progresses but you have to say a positive... I love his positivity. Positive player. A little bit more end product. Oh my God, yeah, definitely. Um, Well, Well, a lot
0: more end product but in terms of the fact that he'll just get the ball, turn and face the goal he's attacking and run at it is uh, is yeah. what you all you want from a from a winger that's all Lloyd Dyer used to do do you remember what
1: charge, wasn't it when he played his debut against uh, Peterborough and we were like he's got an in product because he's scored and yeah it, and then it turns out he, that he hasn't really much yet but no. he's cut it's uh, a difference right. in the Premier League against
0: Peterborough it is yeah it? he's a few years older than a player that you'd say is really young. You know, he's, sort of, he's, he's not your 18, 19-year-old that's been plucked from the French League. But it depends but on how much football he's had. That's what I mean. And, and at this level as well, we, what was he plucked from the French second division? He's not played at any kind of uh, elite level, really. Um, so I think he's made an encouraging start. And, oh. and look how long it took the likes of mares and Knockout to actually get used to English football and not be bullied about. The French League must be soft.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, season highlights... Um... I've got uh, a few highlight moments. Mares to Vardy when he stood on the edge of the area and waited for Vardy for a, a good three or four seconds, yeah. and then was it against Manu? Um, yeah. And uh, and then Vardy finished it. Just that moment alone w- was quality. That a, a, a quality moment. Um, uh, you'd also put the Maguire header in at the end of that game, just before Christmas. It was the late game. On what the Saturday, like the twenty third or something. I've got that down as the as the best the moment. I'd was, say
0: because of the feeling. Because I was, I went as um, a yeah. in the crowd. Oh, that's right. You were a fan. Yeah, I went as a fan. Uh, everyone's feeling festive. We're giving Rune United has. a decent game, two uh, one, and then Chris Smalling's hobbling about pretending to be injured. And just a massive deep ball to the back stick, and there's big Harry. Just what well, the moments where you walk out of the stadium nine times out of ten, you walk out of the stadium at the end of the game, and it, it you just hear a mumble of chatting and a cloud of smokers. But the entirety of the, of the few thousand people coming out of the back of the cop when I left, all singing the singing Harry Maguire's name, yeah. lot, sort of
1: walking down Philbert Way. it was just it was before just before Christmas, brilliant. like I said, and. It was it was a, yeah brilliant moment and I would agree moment of the season really again for just for being a supporter. That's how average a season it's been an equaliser for a two two at home to United. Yeah, but you remember these things these these are the, the these are this is what being a football fan is all about. It is that feeling isn't it? You again you see that on paper, or you ask someone who maybe wasn't there or wasn't watching on TV or wasn't a, isn't a fan, then they wouldn't quite understand. If you listen to the commentary on TV, they got it because Neville was all over the place. Um, Tyler was going mad. It it was a real moment. He knew what a big moment in... Because it was. It was in that game. It was a good game, cracking game on TV. Um, It's just what they wanted as well. And it it worked. As much as I didn't like the kickoff time, but it it worked. It was definitely that um, moment of the season. Uh, Jamie Vardy reaching 20 goals... Again. Again, is a, is an amazing thing. The 20-goal is the age-old limit. You know, have you got a 20-goal striker? Yes, we have, thank you very much. Yes, we I have. We've had one for three seasons. We've got a Premier League 20-goal striker. Um, an amazing season. And again, it's not just the goals he scored in terms of numbers. It's the fact that only two or three games he scored a brace, including in the last game. And including the first game as well. He started a season with a brace. He ended with a brace. Um, he scored in consecutive games. I think he went about six games consecutively, even seven. And just an all-round centre-forward. We all know what Jamie is about. That's why people like Iniacho are not playing as number nine for Leicester because we've got, arguably, the second or third best striker in the league. And you'd probably say second best striker in the league. I know Sergio Aguero, but with his injury problems, he, and I know the chances he creates is a, uh, he gets from Man City. And he's an amazing footballer. But really you're looking at someone like Vardy, and I know he gets a first team spot, outperformed Lukaku, all these players is he's, he's absolutely priceless. Absolutely priceless. And and, and, and to get out twenty goals a real thing for me anyway. I I was when watching Soccer Saturday and having the stream on for the Spurs game A perfectly legal stream. Yeah, I was just dying for him to score. I wanted him to get twenty goals so badly. You know, and yeah, I mean, um, it means a lot to him, and it means a lot to the fans as well. And look,
0: for a team that is in inverted commas struggling pretty much the entirety of the season, if you like that, there's not been a positive feeling around Leicester for much of this season, has there? Let's be perfectly honest. So for a striker to get that when you finish in ninth place to get to twenty goals,
1: um, yeah, is a, is
0: a, is very impressive.
1: There's two more. One are one is next uh, Sorry, uh, one is the new stadium plans. Yeah. Um, very exciting. We'll wait for the details to come out and the the drawings, etc., and to see how it's going to look and what form it's going to take. But again, it's a commitment by the owners. It's just exciting. It's exciting. And we'll see what happens. And there's nothing more we can really say there. Um, And the other one is next season's shirt.
0: Yeah. The rumours of
1: Adidas look like it's become true and it was released in America, apparently. And then very quickly... Withdrawn back off of the,
0: but it was on the official Adidas website. It wasn't leaked by some dodgy news source. It was on no, exactly Adidas's uh, US website. It looks looks a little bit Chelsea, a little me, bit Chelsea. Yeah. Really, but the the sort of mock up of the away shirt looks a bit better. Yeah, the, sort of the blue patch on the shoulder with the white shirt. Looks. Yeah, it's a
1: bit of a throwback to the early nineties. Adidas went for the three stripes on one shoulder, coming across the chest slightly. Mm. If you think back to like old Liverpool kit, for example. Um, that had that kind of three... Unless I've completely made that up. But, um, but who'd have thought little Leicester battle. would strike a deal with a manufacturer like Adidas?
0: So well, look, we, we went thinking. from what? Fox Leisure through Lecoq Sportif. Ooh. Jacko, Joma, Burda. But uh, they play we, for
1: us. No. <laughs> yeah, probably in that it's Craig Levine the, period. Oh God, like I, I, Zyte Lachko and I Gabor Mori and all that. Though. I generally like... Make a cut off point from 2006 to about 2010. I don't, there's four years, can't, can't which, say I blame you. Yeah. There's four years where I just Can you imagine them? if we'd have done a podcast in those years. Oh my god, um, we'd have been struggling, wouldn't we? yeah. But, um, but again, exciting. I like the bit of yellow because that just turns it a bit more into a Leicester kit. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see how it looks. Do you Put want to t- go back to white shorts? I wouldn't mind either way, really. I think if it's I think that I know the whole Chelsea thing you mentioned because they've had Adidas for a while. If you had white shorts, it wouldn't be Chelsea; it would be Leicester. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be against it. I know. I, I actually don't have a. I I like to have white shorts. To be fair, but I wouldn't be against it if they keep blue because they've had so much success in all blue. So I don't really mind. To be fair, not bothered. <clears throat> not bothered. No, that's my viewpoint as well.
0: right it's a bit of a long podcast today so to break things up a little bit and get a different perspective from myself and Pete warbling on uh, a man that's seen pretty much every minute of home action this season bar the odd game here or there uh, joins us on commentary providing the audio description at Leicester City Alex Cuthbert you'll have heard him on the podcast a couple of times as well before Alex how would you sum up that season
2: um middle of the road is that a fair a fair comment um I think obviously started off a bit disappointing with Shakespeare in charge and then obviously Appleton took over a few games, managed to get the points that we needed and then they brought Puel in and it started off like a train, absolutely flying, scoring goals for fun, playing some really good football and then it sort of tailed off towards the end and a bit of a damp, damp squib at the end. Um, but I think we've been blessed in the last few seasons with Champions League football in the league and I think a kind of boring season was due if I'm honest um, so I'm I'm not too upset about it if I'm honest what about the boos Pete gets
0: particularly wound up by people booing at half time is it is it fair that the performances have been that bad that they've been boo worthy even though they've finished ninth? alright it could have been 7th and an, and a cup semi or a cup final it ended up being ninth and, and two quarter-file exits. But has it been boo-worthy
2: or has it just been a, a bit of a transition period, if you like? I would say transition period. I think the boos come from frustration from the fans um, in regard of Leicester not playing the same way as they normally do uh, or what they used to. Um, kick and chase, 100 miles an hour, always on the front foot, trying to beat teams. And it's... Wells tried to change them into a passing team so building up from the back and working its way forward slowly and I think some of the fans aren't used to that because Leicester have never really been that well not in my lifetime anyway um, in regards to a football inside. so I think the boos come from frustration um, some games you could say they've been valid um, in the disappointed home draws or where we've scraped a point or home losses as well. I know the Newcastle game was very, very bad indeed. So um yeah, I mean there were, there were always games where we're all frustrated and whether we're fans or not, it's it's you have to take the bigger picture into consideration with regards to booing. I fans don't do that though, do they? Fans are fickle. Fans are like five want the fine five one minute, five minutes later they're booing. Yeah, and that's just the fickle life of the football fan, isn't it? And how quickly things change in football. Like we went from one week with Leicester losing at home to West Ham and getting booze left, right and centre to the next week, beating Arsenal at home and suddenly happy days and there's nothing to worry about. So it shows how quickly things can change. And like you say, some some fans, not all fans, but some fans are quite narrow-minded and only see one way and that's the only way that they ever see their club and that should be it. But... I think people need to look at the bigger picture and if we want to progress to the next level as the club wants to and the owners want to, the change in football is going to have to come because you cannot finish higher in leagues by playing kick and chase and trying to hit teams at 100 miles an hour because you'll just get ripped apart.
1: So... The announcement that Robert Huth is going to leave the club is not unexpected. He hasn't played for us this season. But he'll go down in history, Rob, easily as one of Leicester's greatest ever signings for a number of reasons in the in the two ways he was here. One on loan and one for permanent signing. He was obviously part of the team that won the league. The team that you'll be able to reel off in X amount of years. And most football fans will. Um so it's only right that we just look back on his Leicester career and uh, well, we, we signed him on loan from Stoke when we were struggling February 2015 and he instantly made an impact not just in himself and in the style that he has in his heading ability, his reading of the game, his blocking but also the common effect on the goalkeeper especially on Wes Morgan yeah. uh, and also you have to throw in the defenders as well. You know, you, you throw in... Um, people like Simpson or De or whoever was in the team at the time. Um, Just a a really good, solid defender coming into a team that then went and won seven out of nine to stay up under Pearson. He scored the equaliser when we won 3-2 at West Brom. Many people remember Vardy scoring the injury time winner. Um, And he had a massive impact straight away. Yeah, he's basically the
0: German Nigel Pearson, wasn't he? (laughs) <laughs> look, look how well Nigel Pearson led Middlesbrough when he was a player no-nonsense centre-back so strong uh, both mentally and physically and as you say he just steadied what was a fairly rocky ship he basically did the job on the pitch that Nigel Pearson would have done if his legs were a few years younger and and that's me paying Robert Hood the highest credit because I think Nigel Pearson in terms of a leader is uh, from centre-back is probably one of the best you're going to get and um, and and who did it in his way as well he he's he wasn't he's not as miserable as he looks is he i liked the the little bits of social media interaction here and there i know they kind of came more to prominence a bit later on but he was just an all-round good person to have in i'm quite surprised Stoke let us have him he was he was shunned out but you know Tony Pulis had about 20 center backs to choose from because that's essentially what he builds his entire squad around but he made such a difference
1: to us. He was one of a handful of key players. He really was. And obviously when he joined Leicester on loan, whether Stoke wanted to keep him or not, I would imagine they might have. But um, he obviously wanted to join and he joined for £3 million. Bargain. Absolute bargain. And again, just carried on that form. You, you were, when you knew that Morgan and Hooth were in the team together... Absolutely fine, not a problem at all. Even when they signed Luan as well, um, it didn't make any difference. Of course, it he, he was always he he was still in that team. Scored some important goals. Uh, he scored the winner at Spurs in January of the title-winning season. Of course, he scored twice at Man City, uh, leading to the uh, the tweet from Leicester. If you're late, if you're joining us late, we're winning three one and. Who's on the hat-trick or 3-0 up and who's on the hat-trick weren't it yeah amazing uh, and it was just again a very very astute signing a season that he'll never have again and never, never had before in terms of playing all the time and winning the league he's won it at Chelsea before but um, just a reliable player like I said blocking um, reading play because he's Terribly slow, he's not mobile at all, is terribly he? Terribly slow, but he's adapted his game as we've seen centre halves at Leicester over the years. You go back to the O'Neill era, Matt Elliott's a prime example. Look at Wes Morgan himself. Or well, I always thought Wes Morgan is deceptively quicker, he especially, is quite... he's more of an athlete, isn't he, Morgan? He, he? Yeah, he can scamper over 10 yards.
0: Morgan, but really. you're talking you're Jerry Taggart, Spencer Price, like you say, Matt Elliott,
1: Steve Walsh. Not one of them had a turn of pace between them, no, and, 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 they, and the they, adapted. they defended properly, yes, and, and that's what he is a proper defender. And again, I think the influence for me—that's what I've put down. Really, um, the heading would be the one thing, uh, and I do like that because I've always thought Morgan's not the greatest head of the ball in terms of clearing from crosses or corners. Never no, who um, won, won everything, doesn't but it? who then wins everything exactly? Like Maguire does now. Um, I think that's good for someone for Morgan to have alongside him, especially at the time. Um, just an amazing player. 82 caps uh, or appearances for Leicester, six goals. And like I said, he will go down as one of the title-winning players and one of the big influential title-winning players. So where is he's, where he's going to go? I have no idea. Um, Depends on how his injuries do. He might even call it a day. He could call it a day. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns up. would be surprised if he turns up somewhere like Rangers. He's sort of player that you know Gerard could pick up there. But it was nice that he was given a award. Uh, he was given that Fox Trophy as well. Um, and I suppose the overriding thing you have to remember, Robert Hoof by is the free kick against Stoke.
2: <laughs> because
1: it was. That
0: still gets talked about. Even by him,
1: it still gets talked about. Because his reaction was great. Yes, we are top of the league and we're winning the game. But he nearly hit the corner flag with a free kick. And he just, like, arches backwards and laughs. Um, I think it was Foots who got in his way. And, um, oh, dear. And then, of course, he, he uses it on social media a lot. So, yeah, brilliant all round. And uh, and good luck to him wherever he goes. Dank who hooth or danker rob or rob hashtag hashtag something, him, yeah. Danka, so, Danka something yeah. Dank something. Yeah, danker him. So let's just go back and have a look at the squad as it is. Yep. Now I've got the back of a programme here. I, I use Facts that program. to make my notes, earlier. Um I've got them in my head, you've got them written down. So um We'll start with Schmeichel. And again, play along at home. So give him a score out of 10. And then also, what are your thoughts going forward quickly, kind of thing? You know, because there are quite a few players on the list. Schmeichel, um, I'll give him a, a 7 out of 10. I think he's had a decent season. He's obviously picked up an injury late on. Uh, some great saves, one or two rickets, which you're going to get with goalkeepers and especially a side. Who was slightly underperforming in places, but for me is no danger of of losing his number one tag in the slightest. Yeah, that's pretty much what I wrote. Seven,
0: occasional error, kept us in other games, which often goes unnoticed because it's just a goalkeeper's job.
1: Keep. There you go. Danny Simpson. Um again, I would I'd give a seven for Simpson. I think he's played well and then obviously got dropped from the side because of the style of football that Leicester wanted to try and implement. He's come back in a team he's nowhere near fit, so had a bit of a shocker at the weekend. Uh, but, yeah, because his groin basically snapped. Yeah, but he's a sort of player that you'd have to keep, because you just need him. And he's gonna. He's already mentioned in, um, in an interview that he's, he's willing to fight for his place for any new signing in his position. I don't think he's stupid. Um, he's obviously on a decent contract as well, so at his age he's maybe thinking, look, I'll... Stay out, stick around as well. I don't see any reason to get rid of him. No, there's no reason at all. He he, he defends well. Maybe he
0: doesn't fit in with Puel trying to play out from the back so much, but th- it, that doesn't mean that he's not needed within the squad. He's an experienced head. He is dependable and reliable, and there'd be no re- no reason to get rid of him.
1: There was a rumor about number three Ben Chilwell would be uh, in the standby squad uh, or number of players for the Englands. <laughs> World Cup squad, fully mm. enough. Um, Chilwell, uh, you'd have to for for me. Um, I'll give him a six, um, and I'd say obviously he's been given the chance by Claude, and he's played well in parts. But I'd like to have seen him kick on a little bit more than he has, um, and I think he would still be at the club. There's no, he's not going to be sold uh, unless someone comes in with a, a a big bid, which I don't think they will, but. I would have liked him to kick on a bit more than he
0: has. I've given him a seven based on his age because I think this is the season where he's been asked to play more than he ever has done before. It's not his breakthrough season because he's been in and around the first team for a little while, but it's the first season where he's had a regular run of games where he's been selected out of choice rather than out of an injury or a replacement or a rest for Christian Fuchs. Uh, and we've got to remember that he is still very young, still developing, most defenders don't get to their sort of peak uh, ability until sort of twenty six, twenty seven, and Chilwa's already showed that he's got the athleticism, the desire um, to get up and down the left hand side. Bit more work on defensive positioning, uh, which uh, another season sort of working with Christian Fuchs will will do him the world of good. I think he's got a lot more, a lot of potential still to
1: show. And we've just got to remember how young he is. Yep. And someone who isn't young is number five, Wes Morgan, who I'd give a seven to. Um, I still think he's unfairly criticised. I still think he's really part of the first team picture. Maybe if he's not the first name on the team sheet in terms of centre-halves. Maybe he's the third name. Maybe he's going to be overtaken by a player. But for someone with his experience, and also, again, a player who will play well and people won't praise, and then when a a slight mistake or or something along their lines happens, then it will be his fault. I remember the the goal against Newcastle, the big boot up to to the Maguire and Morgan and and the goalkeeper. All three were culpable. Um, It probably was Schmeichel's fault, or maybe Maguire's, I think the least Member of that trio was Morgan. Was probably Morgan, and yet Morgan got the blame. Yeah, uh, that kind of sums it all up for me. Um, and he would still be at the club for me.
0: Yeah, there's no. Uh, if you look at the centre backs that we've got at the club at the moment, Huth's gone. Dragovic is only on loan, so he's effectively gone. Bedloans neither used nor nor ornament. So you've only got Harry Maguire and Wes Morgan at the moment. Even if you bring in two more centre backs in the in the summer. Wes Morgan still remains one of your. Well, he, he still remains your third or your fourth choice, doesn't he? Regardless of what quality
1: comes in. And again, he. I'm pretty sure if Leicester go and buy a top class centre half who starts playing really well, or it, Dragovic gets bought and he gets played ahead of him, then he will be fine with that if they're playing well. Of course, because of his age, and again, because I don't think he'll get another Premier League club coming in for him unless it's a lower a lower down in the league and. Again, you look at Wages, look at his age. I don't think he'll be... I think he'll still be there. I don't think there's a problem. Um, we mentioned Diamari Gray, number seven. I'm going to give a five to. Um, What's your rating? What's your rating? I've gone six. So you've gone for six. But I've gone for five. And I think we're going to be on the same wavelength. I've just gone disappointing because he's had chances. He played really well against Everton when he set up the first goal for Vardy or, or, or initially... But again, it's it's a little flash here. It's a little flash there. On, Saturday, on Sunday against Spurs, terrible defending. But flashes of brilliance up front. He's had chances. He's been given chances by Claude. And he's not taken them for me. And it's a 5 out of 10. And he needs to improve. Yeah, I've put underwhelming is the
0: word that I've used. Yeah, He's shown occasional flashes of what he can do. But he has had the trust from a manager especially in the earlier stages, where he's not really made many starting lineups in, in the last sort of five or ten games, but in Puel's early stages, it was Damari, out you go, do your stuff. And we've only seen it for
1: 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And for me, and I've said before and I'll say it again, if someone comes in with a bid between 20 and 30 million, I would let him go. I really would do. And I'll let him go and say, look, you go and play well somewhere else, fine. But for me at Leicester, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um and if Bournemouth are interested in him and they want to buy him again for, for between twenty and thirty million is the asking price or was the rumoured price, I generally would let him go.
0: And look, look at what Bournemouth have done with Jordan Ive. They've bought brought him in from Liverpool and uh, as a sort of hot prospect, very similar I think in in, in terms of how highly regarded he was alongside Damari Gray. Jordan Ives not getting in Bournemouth's starting lineup. They've realised that it's all talk and the occasional dazzling piece of skill but other than that underwhelming
1: I've put keep unless less reasonable offer in Acho, um, for me it'll have to be a 5 again I know and we've mentioned Inniacho we spoke about him before what's your rating
0: uh, I've put could have been a 5 but I'm going to give him a 6 because I think in the very closing stages of the season, he's done just about enough. It would have been about like a five point seven or five point eight, so I've rounded it. But
1: I've gone for five and we spoke about him already. Um Jamie Vardy, it will have to be for me it would have to be ten, because you, you score twenty goals. Of course he's missed chances, although if you look at his strike rates it's amazing um to, in terms of percentage. Yeah, because we haven't got the ball to him very much exactly. in this new system. So for me it has to be ten out of ten and we've spoken about him already really. Um, there's nothing really else we can say about Vardy. What about you? What what rating have you? I got? put nine, but only because I didn't give anybody else a ten. Mark Albrighton number eleven. Um, I'm going to give a six. Um, I think it's going to be difficult for Mark Albrighton next season. Whether he's going to be a, a full-back, I d- hope he's not. Um, I think he's a better <laughs> player. He's a better player, a better player than I think people give him credit for. Still in outside of Leicester um and i would never let him go just just keep him part of the squad but um yeah we'll see what happens with with all brighton um he again i wouldn't be surprised if he gets in the team and he st- stays there for 10 games or so but equally i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get in the team for 10 games he's he's that kind of player um yeah he's he's racked up a fair amount of assists again as he does every season but
0: i think especially in this in this when we got in that in, in stuck in the rut of just knocking it sideways under Underpoil, it was like, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball. No real direction or injection into it. you get it wide for Albright and then he'd just go, right, I'm going to pop this into the box. But it was aimless. And so many times you'd it's see it, Albright yeah. just get yeah. it out of his feet and put in a non-entity of a cross. He never did that
1: when, when, we, when we won the league. He didn't really do that. Okay, every now and again, but he was more of a... Um, get to the byline and cut it back type player I remember yeah, I'm thinking we about the goal forward. at West Ham away.
0: There was more space every time we went forward, wasn't there? We try to play right in yeah. front of teams. Oh, not the kind of winger that's gonna beat a full back unless he's put in the channel from a from a qu- early
1: release. So yeah. Ben Hamer's interesting, number twelve, um I think he's done okay since he's come in number seven basically out of ten. Um I think rumours are Ice cream man. Ice cream man outside. Um The rumours are that he might go abroad. But again, we'll wait and see with Hamer. A bit like... You can throw in Yakupovic as well, who's been disappointing. But then again, Yakupovic hasn't played because Schmeichel's been there. Hamer's come in when Schmeichel hasn't played, but hasn't disappointed. So I've given them both a six. They're both a six. And And they've both done what they needed to do when coming into cover. We'll, We'll wait and see. Adrian Silva... Um for me would be a six and we've spoke about him already. We'll wait and see what happens next year. The whole fourteen second Malarkey I still well, had a big impact on him and then when he started playing, he was in a side that on a bit of a downturn. We'll wait and see. He's the only one I've given a half
0: mark to because I didn't want to be harsh enough to give him a six, so I'll give him a six point five. You can tell that he's a class player. Look, yeah. he's, oh, yeah. he he was in the um, European Championship-winning Portugal squad. His ability on the ball is excellent. He knows exactly what he's doing on a football pitch. Now he's used to the pace of the Premier League. Now there's no uncertainty about can he play, can't he play, should he train, shouldn't he train. Get him another summer. Bringing the right kind of players into the squad as well, so that we can play in the way that if Poyle stays, he wants
1: to play. I think Silva could be a standout player next season. Uh, Harry Maguire, um, you'd have—I've oh, I'll, I'll given him a nine. Um, again, what else can we say? We've mentioned him in, in the show already. Uh, just a commanding centre half, really good first season. Um, player of the year—he's been player of the year what the last five seasons at clubs that he's been at: Sheffield United and also Hall. That shows you what people think of him. Um, England international. We'll wait and see what happens in the summer. I we need, underlined in capitals,
0: to keep hold of him. One of the best pieces of uh, transfer business I think Leicester have ever
1: done. Yeah, um, Dragovic, interesting. Um, I'd have to give him an 8, purely because when he's coming to the side, he's looked very solid, and we just hope that he signs, really. There's nothing else. He he's just a, 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 looks a very good, competent footballer.
0: Yeah, agree. I give him a seven. Said that he always looks quality and composed, and perhaps unfortunate
1: not to get more game time. Uh, Daniel Marty. I mean, what can you what can you say? Really, a five. Crazy sending off. Looked good in a couple of games, but whether he's going to be there or not next year, I don't know. It just depends on what he wants to do. Really, he's not kicked on as a midfielder. I don't think he ever will be, but um, he could he could fit into the. More mobile, more
0: ball-playing right-back position. He, he, he could be anything. But how he, many times? Every single could be time we rubbish. talk about him, we've said what position does he play? Yeah, he doesn't know. We don't know. Nobody knows. Shin- uh, we're still waiting for him to fulfil his promise, really, aren't we? Shinji
1: Okazaki. Um, interesting Shinji. Hasn't scored since mid-December. Um, for one reason or another, not been in the team. But... Um, I'd say, uh, for me, a six because he's he has scored a couple of goals before that and played well in fits and sp- it's, it's Shinji, isn't it? Really, that's the player is. If he goes, he goes. If he stays, he stays. I wouldn't be sad if he goes. I'll be sad in a way because he's one of them, again, that player who won the league and that. But it's, uh, it's, it's Shinji Okazaki. Would you want to keep him? Um, I don't see any reason to get rid of him. I don't see any, but then equally, if that's a position in the side, the number 10 role, where you're looking at having um, Iniacho and then probably a new signing, that means that Okazaki would be behind them. And then when you look at all, all the players, uh, like Barnes and, and Diabate, who could possibly play there as well, you start to think, actually, is it just naturally time up for Okazaki?
0: But look at the, the times this season where Okazaki's not started and no... Leicester player on the pitch has got any ability to put any injection of of tenacity into it, and the fans are getting really frustrated. As soon as Okizaki comes in, uh, comes on, they give him a massive cheer. Whether he gets half an hour, yeah. twenty minutes, oh, yeah. or something, and he puts himself about, closes down some balls, puts in a couple of challenges on midfielders. Uh, sort of deep line midfielders are about three times taller and wider than him, but- and he lifts. He has the power more than any man in that in on this squad list.
1: It, but uh, by not scoring, to lift the entire stadium, he has the most power to do that. I'm, I agree, but I'm just thinking that it might be a position that we will probably sign players who would be ahead of. Him. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes. If he scores a few goals in the World Cup and he gets an offer from somewhere for a lot of money, um, then I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. Uh, Ibora, I would give a six. Um, he's looked good in parts. He maybe should have played more than he has. Especially in the period, say from like February onwards a strange season for Ibora um and again, I would love to see him play with Silvermore and see how that works out, and maybe it would just take a summer of sorting out and we'll have to wait and see a good player this is the only time where we're more than one point away
0: all oh, right I've given him an eight because I think after a bit of a struggling start which the whole team had and he's bound to because he's coming in to a completely different league he had the power, we talked about Robert Hoot's influence on, on the team, on the defence earlier on Vicente Bora has the power to control an entire football match which not many other players do, he looks, he's so composed, yet commanding in the of midfield that I think the same as you I'd love to see him and silver together. I'd love to see him Ndidi, and Didi and silver try and find a way to play three in midfield because you've got the athleticism of Ndidi, the sort of commanding nature of Ibora and the the creative quality that silver's got. On paper, that is a midfield three that that should be doing a serious amount of damage. So I've, I understand what you say, he's, he's had a few hit and miss performances here and there, but overall in terms of the squad that
1: he's had to come into this season, I think he's just about worthy of an eight. Matty James, uh, to number 22 now, Matty James, for me it would be, again, it would be something like a six because he's played well occasionally around Christmas and then just kind of fell off and then he's had his injury problems, he's done well to get back, but... Um, now he's injured again. Now he's injured again and whether he's in the side I'll be surprised if he's going to make it as a Leicester player um, from now on uh, we'll have to wait until he's fit and then maybe leave on loan to view to a permanent move
0: But he, there's no, I can't see any other Premier League club that would have it no but he'll have to drop down possibly no that's what I mean so if you I don't know how long
1: he's left on his contract
0: but if you look at a player like Matty James I quite like him I like the way he goes about it but I like his mentality when he sort of, he's come back so many cut times cut you. Yeah, he, he he does a decent job in there. But if you look at a player and go, would any other Premier League club want you? And and then you think no, then the sentimentality kind of leaves your brain a little bit, and you go, maybe we shouldn't bother keeping him. But we'll see with him. We'll we'll see with Matty James. Um, you can't
1: keep Silva, Ebora, and Didi, James, King, and Chowdhury. No, That's too exactly. many midfielders. Well, indeed, he's the next player, um, and I think indeed he for me has been a nine. Yeah, because he's he, he's obviously he's, he's not played the last few games, but he's he's just been very good, and we'll we'll probably discuss him in a minute um, about players to keep. He's been very good, and he's developing into a really good Premier League defensive midfielder. Yeah, young player of the year, and
0: surely must have been in contention for actual player of the year as well. He's he made the most tackles in the Premier League most successful tackles in the Premier League just brilliant and to think
1: that he's only 20 is pretty ridiculous or so 21 now isn't he Riyad Mahrez number 26 Um, for me I will give him it's, it, for me it says either a 7 or an 8 Um, I will probably give him a 7 because of the heights that he's reached before he still uh, scored 12 assisted 10 Um, moments of brilliance i gone like missing a few times, but it's Riyad Mahrez. He's still a quality player and he's done well in parts this season. Seven out of ten for his quality. And again, another player we'll talk about soon. Yeah, he can still make things happen, can't he? And, and he's shown this season,
0: I think, to the pleasant surprise of most Leicester fans, that although he, it's been very clear that he's wanted to leave the club for the entirety of this season, he's, yeah, still, he's still worked pretty hard. It, which isn't necessarily his game but he, he's been putting in the, a few tackles here and there he's been doing his job a lot of people thought it'd be toys out of the pram I'm going to stand up here on the halfway line on the wide on the right get the ball to me get it right to my feet and I'll see if I can beat this man but he has worked hard for the team he's had to I think to fit back into the squad because you know um I don't know if it was this transfer uh, request or the one before but Andy King came out and said look make no bones about it, he needs to prove that he's working hard for the team, otherwise the other players are going to come down on him and he's, and he's done that and I think he, but for you, all but the you, stuff that's going on around him, I think he's dealt with it pretty well, so I've I've rated him
1: an 8. I agree, but you also look at the season as a whole and there's a big turning point it's when he did do that, then there's a huge downturn afterwards. Whether that was his fault, whether whether that was the reason or not, we don't know. Uh, Christian Fuchs, uh, I'd give a seven because he's not played an awful lot. When he's come back, he's looked okay. He's going to be here for another season. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we'll have to wait and see. I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing because, personally, I still play him as the left back at Leicester. Um, but we'll look going forward to next year whether they buy someone in that position. Yeah, Fuchs has done nothing wrong for me.
0: Isn't yeah. The only reason he's been dropped is because thought that Chilwell would have more to offer going forward but my argument would be Christian Fuchs has got one of the most accurate boots in our team so it's all well and good Chilwell maybe can get into those attacking positions a bit sooner than Fuchs because he's quicker and more explosive but the quality of delivery that Christian Fuchs was putting in um, the other Wednesday night against Arsenal looked at it and thought Chilwell's not sort a ball in like that player. all season. He's quality. You're never let down by him. He's got quality in his left foot. I think he's been very unfortunate not to get more game time in the second half of the season. And I still think Chris, uh, Ben Chilwell's got a lot to learn from Christian Fuchs. So I'm happy that it looks like
1: he'll be staying for one more year. Bella Luan hasn't played. He played once or twice. How much longer can he collect a pay packet from Leicester City? He has to go, really. And so His Instagram is still the best thing about him. I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan. Harvey Barnes, um, again, hasn't really played played in, in the Cup. And we'll just have to wait and see. He's in the squad. Hopefully he kicks on. And I think that really would sentiment a lot of Leicester fans, really. Would
0: you keep him in the Leicester squad or would you farm him off on loan again for
1: at least first half of next season? Depends on who wants him. If it's a Premier League club, brilliant. Um, if not we'll wait and see it depends what he's thought about it depends what Puel thinks or whoever's in charge but I wouldn't be adverse of him going on loan for a bit but again I think it's just we'll just have to wait and see
0: but he's kind of gone from on loan at Barnsley Leicester development squad Leicester I think there's another step between that where he can find a top half footballing championship side. Yeah, well not? Yeah. And get a string of 15, 20 games in the first half of the season yeah, and see where he comes back. Because I don't think he's at the same level uh, as the likes of Diabati or Chowdhury who can offer something right now. And fully enough, the
1: last two players I didn't are Diabate and Chowdhury. They, the
0: they are the only two that you're looking along the list. Well, that's that are true. I, I, and we've
1: mentioned we've mentioned Diabate. Um, for me, it would be an eight because of the impact he's had and and also what a good player he looks who was meant to be nowhere near the finished article and we'll wait and see. Chowdhury, again, we've mentioned and it will be an eight as well when it's someone who would be in the first team squad going forward for those final two players in the squad and and really that's that is the Leicester side as it currently is. Um, they are the players, whether they're going to stay or go, and that's the final thing, really. Rob, because I just make a noise there by taking that bit of paper out. It is about the summer, and we're not going to do a big preview, but I, right now, um, you would have big question mark over Mares. It's his own saga. Someone comes in for him, they're coming for him. Let's get it done quickly, though. Come on. I don't you, want another transfer window of this lingering. I really do fear for Maguire, as in leaving Leicester. Yeah. I think if he Especially has a good if World, call, a good world Cup. he has a yeah, good world call, We are in trouble. It cost a lot of money, north of fifty. Yeah. Okay. I. He's better than John Stones. I. I He'll fear. He costs. I fear, and if you ask me right now, is he going to be in the Leicester side at start next year? I'd say it's fifty-fifty. You'd have to. Because if if someone comes in for him, he's probably going to go. And Didi, the same. I think, again, there'll be a lot of clubs out there. Arsenal, for example. He's, he's an Arsenal player. Through through, I can see it, them Didi? making bids. And again, if he has um, a decent World Cup, yeah. um, it could be another side. I think them three, I'd have big, big question marks. And I know that sounds terrible, but big question marks over whether they're in the side next year. With, whether at the, the club. Um We'll have to wait and see. I, I, hopefully, Vardy won't go. I can't see him go. And I think he's a bit less of his career. But yeah, um, I don't think he fits anywhere else. He's on a of lot of money. He's the number nine. He's worshipped by the fans. Gray, I've mentioned. You know, Okazaki as well. Um, it depends on whether we sign players in different positions. So you're looking at fullbacks. We need centre halves. It's going to be a huge, huge summer at Leicester in terms of signing players. The manager. Uh, keeping hold of those core players, you'd throw Schmeichel into that as well. It's it's a massive summer. It's a bigger summer than last year. You could argue it's a bigger summer than after we won the league because we've done what we set out to after we got to a certain position in the league. Um, you could argue it's a bigger summer than when we stayed up because of the natural lifespan of a certain squad of players. And it's I'm not saying it's gone beyond that because the players who possibly would leave a what, 24, 25, 20 years old in Um We'll wait and see. I don't know and you don't know and people listening don't know. That's the beauty of it, isn't it?
0: But yeah, it is the most important transfer window for a long time in terms of the fact that because we are on the map a little bit more, regardless of the fact that we finished ninth this season, more people are taking note of us as a club and therefore our top performers are rated more highly than top performers for teams like Bournemouth or I mean, like
1: it's exciting Palace, it's exciting as well I mean? because on the flip side we could be signing God knows who there could be players from the World Cup there could be players who we've already linked with Pereira, their fullback um, anyone and everyone if if Villa don't win the playoff final Grealish looks at a possible t- I know he's been mentioned and that's an easy thing to say on a podcast but he looks a good player looks like he's got his head screwed on now there's a lot of players out there we could sign. There's players who have gone down. Alfie Morrison has had a, a, a knee injury; he's had a surgery on his knee, so he might miss the start of the season. So maybe he could knock five million off his price tank. That could be an easily another Maguire signing. Oh, absolutely! A, yeah, um, if you could if you could have them two playing centre back for Leicester
0: next season, I yeah. think you're in an extremely good place.
1: Gibson from Middlesbrough; they haven't gone up. Whether where he wants to move on with his career, there's a lot of people out there. Sam Klukas has been linked with the club before. He went to um, Swansea. Play um, for Leicester's it, academy, didn't he? Yeah, the and kids. he was at Holly will know Maguire. Um, there's a lot of players out there from the teams who went down. You just want to farm all them players. Rondon's been mentioned in, in places. I'm not entirely sure about that personally, but we shall see. It's exciting to see who they're going to sign. It's not say exciting, but uh, maybe a bit of biting of the nails for who might come in. So, well, we'll be here and we'll be doing. Podcasts throughout the summer as well. Uh, Maybe a bit shorter. Obviously, this is an end-of-season review. Um, So, we'll have to wait and see. Really, that's the main thing. We'll have to see what happens. Um, Just looking at a few comments on Twitter from a a number of people. Um, I asked the message about, obviously, people uh, sending their season highlights. Uh, Ollie Stone, the highlight was 2-1 against Spurs. Of course, the Vardy goal. What a goal that was the dinky chip or the chip over from the, well, he didn't let the ball bounce, did it? The cup runs, the low was the final against Palace. Uh, Once Puel in, mentioned a few players, the goalkeeper, Fabianski, Foster, Pereira, uh, Shaqiri possibly in place of Mares. Nah. Um, Once people like Hayne, Mabella, Grace, Lamani, Moussa and Njoa, who we've not really mentioned, but again, they're more likely to go out. And if they do, especially in Njoa's case, then uh, we'll have to obviously mention him in a, a bit of a, a oh, review. Oh, yeah. um, David Lusby says, uh, we need to get our business done early, before pre-season. Uh, if we're going to lose Mahrez, uh we're going to lose Mares, but we must keep assets, including Maguire and Didi. Um, we need to then further build on the squad, at least £60 million. Uh, he mentioned uh, Everton at home because of a fresh, positive approach and they were looking good for a season high. Season low, of course, Palace. Um Mentions Morgan, Simpson and Mahrez sadly to leave uh, and to come in. People like Johnny Evans, Dragovic of course, uh, maybe Mata. Juan Mata and Edin Dzeko. Edin Dzeko, that oh, a, know, that's it. that's ambitious. It a bit ambitious, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, A-Cone said, uh, yeah, Serbs Slamani, King, Jerozaki, uh, Akazaki, James R. Marty to leave. And Puel in brackets. Um, Jesse Rodriguez, <laughs> um, maybe Benitez come in, You never, you never know. We'll wait and see. Uh, Packer Ken, of course, says uh, highs of the cup runs, lows of the Palace game, and he says uh, back Plouel if he's uh, with a decent war chest. He's backed with a decent war chest. Of course, how much more of uh, uh, of what what's a war chest compared to a, you know just a, a big transfer fund? When When's it tip over to a war chest? I think hundred million. <laughs> I think for me, um, love Morris to say, but. Uh, and the question is, what do we do until August? Annie Dickens, who I know, says good season apart from when we're too lazy to do the podcast. It wasn't laziness. We were far from lazy. We were working very hard. I'm going to turn it around to say that he was disappointed that he wasn't listening to us at least every week. Or maybe even twice a week. We promise you that we do our best. He needs us that much. Does he? I don't
0: know. Well, what else have you got going on in your life? Who, and? Yeah.
1: He looks after cats. I anyway, I can
0: see why he wants two podcasts a week, <laughs> but unfortunately, and it's the summer. Cheers, but like man. Packer Ken said, what are we going to do till August? I tell you what, Packer Ken, watch the World Cup. That's what you're going to do. Yes. And pray that Harry Maguire plays
1: well, but not well enough to get snapped up. You've already to score when we lose 3 1 to Brazil in the quarterfinals. Anyway, that's it. Season's over. Um, get the bunting out.